Joshua 7 chapter. I'm going to look at verses 1 through 26, but in our hearing, I'm going to read verses 1, then verses 12 and 13 from the New Living Translation. If you have it, say amen. amen. If you're still traveling, say hold on. Amen. Seems like we're there together. Let's begin. But Israel violated the instructions about the things set apart for the Lord. A man named Achan had stolen some of these dedicated things, so the Lord was very angry with the Israelites. Achan was a son of Carmel, a descendant of Zimri, son of Zerah, and the tribe of Judah. Verse 12. That is why the Israelites are running from their enemies in defeat. For now Israel itself has been set apart for destruction. I will not remain with you any longer unless you destroy the things among you that were set apart for destruction. Get up, commanded the people to purify themselves in preparation for tomorrow. For this is what the, the Lord, the God of Israel, has hidden. Has, I'm sorry, the Lord of God of Israel says, Hidden among you, O Israel, are things set apart for the Lord. You will never defeat your enemies until you remove these things from among you. Ills in the camp because there's sin in the camp. Looking at this, talking about the ills in our society, addressing the ills in our community, that it's hard for us to gain victory in our community, victory in our lives when we still have defeat in our tents. What do you mean by defeat in our tents? When you look in this text, you see that Achan had what he should not have, hidden within his tent. And when we look in our lives, many times we want to act on the outside, everything's okay, everything's well. But when we go, if we follow you back to your house, we can see what a mess you are living in. We can put on a good front to those who see us on the outside, but God can see what's going on in the inside. A popular line you might remember from the movie Batman, the first Batman that came out with Michael Keaton, the Joker was smiling on the outside and he said, you look so happy, but he said, deep inside, I'm crying. So much times in our life, we could put a big smile on our face, but deep inside, we're hurting and crying. It seems so victory was in their way because what happened when you look in the text, you're in chapter 7, that means there are six chapters beforehand. And the sixth chapter beforehand, God has now elevated Joshua to be the great ruler for the people. And, and when you think about Joshua, you can think about how Joshua has been emboldened and built up his God tells him to be strong and, and of good courage. For just as I as with Moses, guess what? I will be with you. And then I, I really got excited when God was talking to Joshua, telling him that every place you place your foot, I will give you that land. So God has already confirmed in Joshua that victory is in your hands. And so you can see Joshua following in God's footsteps that he goes ahead and sent out two spies to go and to look at Jericho. Jericho is, then they encounter Rahab, and Rahab uh, sp saves their lives, and therefore Rahab is saved and not destroyed with Jericho. And then they come and they destroy Jericho. They destroy this great and fortified city. You can see God being glorified and being honored, and Joshua feeling good. Man, God is with me. And so you see it again that Joshua once again sends out two spies. Goes on out to eye, gets a good report back. Oh, look, look, Joshua. Uh, they're, they're small. They're, they're not that big. We can beat them. We don't need to send everybody. Just send out 3,000. Joshua said, all right, we're going to send out 3,000. 3,000, go out. Joshua expects victory to come. They come back running with their tail between their legs. 36, fall. 
Joshua is, is shot. Why is Joshua shot? Because God told him, every place you place your feet, everywhere I send you is going to be your land. God told Joshua, I will be with you. Be strong and of good courage. Go ahead and lead the people into victory. But yet Joshua sees nothing but defeat in front of him. Joshua strips his clothes, falls on his face, cries out to God, and Joshua has the, the, the audacity to say, God, are you with us? <laughs> What's going to happen to your people, your name, our name? It won't be great because we've been defeated. Your people have been defeated, and God looked down to Joshua told him to get up. And he told Joshua to get up because you're coming to me with the problem, but I am not the problem. The problem is that there's sin in the camp. Too many times in our lives, we wake up and we see calamities and problems all in our lives. We, we wake up and wonder why our children are acting the way they're acting. Wonder why our husband or our wife is acting the way they're acting. We wonder why our neighbors act the way they're acting. Sometimes you get up in your mirror if you're telling the truth. You wonder why you're acting the way you're acting. And the truth of the matter is that you can't blame God. You can't blame the president. You can't blame the economy. You can't blame your neighbors. You can't blame your job. But you've got to look into yourself. Is there some sin? in the camp because once you start looking to see if there's some sin in the camp then you got to get real because victories are hard to come by when sin is hiding among you look, look, look here Joshua thought that, that something that God has turned against them but yet God did not turn against them but the people turned against God Look clearly, it says Israel. Israel cannot have success. It said God's anger burned against Israel. You see that in the text? But yet when you find out, it was one who caused the sin. This one caused pain and suffering to others. Look here. This one man did not only impact Israel, but yet he impacted probably at least other families. Because it said 36 men died. 36 men die. 36 men die because of sin in the camp, because this one man sinned. 36 men die. You see that in the text. Then not even that, that God tells them, as long, as long, as long, as long as sin is in this camp, you will not see victory. See, some of you want victory in your life. You want to name it and claim it. You want to believe all that stuff. But as long as sin is in your life, as long as sin is in your life, as long as sin is in your life, you will not see victory. Look what God has set apart. He said, look here now, Joshua, this is how you're going to settle the situation here. I, I, I will reveal to you who is the one who caused this calamity to you. But the beautiful thing is this, that Achan thought he did his sin in secret. But God saw what happened. And what you think you can do in secret and give it away. It's funny how God can make it public. God can take what you think is secret to you and can expose it to the ones you don't want to know it the most. If Achan's sin was exposed to those who didn't know God, it wouldn't matter because they don't know. But when it's exposed to those who he loves, to those of his own people, then the shame comes in. And look how God sets it up. God tells them to consecrate themselves. Some of you might, might not catch this, but what God is saying that I want you to make yourself holy. 
to come before me. And, and the thing is this, that there's sin in the camp, and God knows there's sin in the camp, but he's telling the people to dedicate themselves to him, prepare themselves to see him. Which suggests to me that Achan had an opportunity to really see his faults. Because God is calling you to be holy unto him. And Achan, all up in his tent, living with all his sin, had the nerve to think about that time, all that time. said, man, I messed up. Because when he comes before Joshua, Joshua comes and says, give glory unto God. This might ring a bell to you. You might be familiar when, when uh, Jesus healed the man in the temple. They tell him to give glory unto God. Tell us who healed you. Basically saying, in order to give glory to God, you have to confess and speak the truth. That went over somebody's head. In order to give glory to God, you have to confess and speak the truth. I got a few more people. I'm going to say it one more time and I'm going to move on. In order to give glory to God, you need to confess and speak the truth. Too many times in our lives that we get away with telling white lies. Or we just be silent. We won't say anything. But we need to speak the truth. We need to live the truth. So when we give glory to God, then we can speak. That's why you don't have to say, I swear on my mama's grave, or I'm telling you the honest truth. Because if you speak the truth, then the truth has already been spoken. And so he says, give glory unto God. And look what comes out of Achan's mouth. Verse 19, then Joshua said to Achan, my son, give glory to the Lord, the God of Israel, by telling the truth. Make your confession and tell me what you have done. Don't hide it from me. Achan replied, it is true. Mm, mm, mm. I have sinned against the Lord, the God of Israel. Among the plunder, I saw a beautiful roll from Babylon, 200 silver coins and a bar of gold weighing more than a pound. I wanted them so much that I, what, took them that they are hidden in the ground beneath my tent uh, with the silver buried deeper than the rest. One way to address our ears, we need to make sure what looks appealing to us is not disgusting to God. What was attractive to him, God is destined to be destroyed. What was beautiful to him, God said, was disgusting. What he wanted for himself, God said, this is not good for you. In our lives, the enemy tricks us by trying to make everything that's bad for us the most attractive thing in the world. Some of y'all still dealing with it, huh? Y'all say, I don't agree with that. But if you look at it here, it seemed okay to Aiken at the time. Everything looked beautiful. Matter of fact, it looks so good, he took it with him. But yet you notice something. Did you notice something there? That it was not on display. He did not hang, have him hanging on his mantle. <laughs> he did not invite you over to his house and look at all my beautiful things I had. No, he hid them under his tent. Mm. So one way to address your ears, if you think it's attractive and you don't show anybody, then you need to get rid of it. Because if it's so beautiful, then why do you hide it? If it's so wonderful, why do you act like you don't own it? Aiken realized that what he had, he should not have, and so he buried it. It's amazing how we try to hide stuff, but God can reveal stuff. Ooh, but by God's grace, that somebody had not come up into your tent, started uncovering your mess. 
Mm. Oh, by the grace of God that through the blood of Jesus that he, conf- he died and, and, and we can confess our sins and be made holy, but pour onto Achan that he just living in sin and God exposed it at that time and he was forever guilty. Just think about how you have your own closets full of skeletons. I heard some people say that your closet's full of skeletons with skin still on them because they're still fresh. <laughs> and think about what, how embarrassed and how horrified you would be for someone to expose all that you have done. And we've seen here, I, I want you to catch this God, this God that they know, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. This God has told the people, I will give you a land. But yet, in order for you to receive this land, you have to be committed because God has made a covenant with them. So they walked under the mountain. You look back, they walked under the mountain, the blessings of those who follow the law, the curses of those who do not follow the law. And I want you to catch how, how God is who he is. Look here, Moses messed up one time. He did not enter the promised land. Aaron messed up one time. He did not enter the promised land. The people did not believe in God one time. Everybody 20 and under did not enter the promised land. So God is saying, I am consistent. If you're going to break my commandments, you're going to suffer my wrath. Achan broke the covenant. His family was a part of the breaking. They did not see the promised land. See, see, God will bless us. But his blessing is based on his covenant relationship. Can someone say relationship? His relationship with us. You see, God, God is not a, a, an inanimate object that you just go, throw stuff at. God wants to talk with you. He wants to walk with you. He wants to commune with you. But when you have other things that come before him, then you are interrupting that relationship. And when you interrupt that relationship, you don't always get a clear reception. You know how you like to listen to your radio? Especially to me, uh, you know, so another Sunday, I, I'm going to try to listen to the Bears game. And uh, I get into my, my car and turn, turn on my radio. And I start going on 74, get under the bypass. I try to hurry up and get through because, you know, you go under. You lose reception. Because <laughs> something's cutting off from you getting that strong reception to your antenna to give you the information that you want to hear. God told them to destroy or the ban, or the accursed, all these devoted things unto me, destroy these things so you won't fall into temptation and be like them. But yet he allowed the destruction, he allowed the ban and, and what was devoted to come in and it blocked their reception so that when they went into battle, they had no victory, they had nothing but defeat, and they were scared because something interrupted their reception. Can I ask you a question? What is interrupting your reception? What is blocking you from hearing clearly from God? What do you think is not a big thing, but just a little bit you get it distorted and you miss something because something in your life is blocking from hearing from God? 
this ban, this accursed, this devoted thing. God has told them to destroy, not to bring among them, but Achan just saw it to be appealing. That's how the enemy works. He makes you think it's appealing. He makes you think it's attractive. He makes you think it looks good. He'll even make you feel good. He'll even make you smell good. He'll get people to come up and tell you how good you are. But real deep down inside, you have, you're second-guessing yourself because something's not right. You don't have a peace among yourself because even Aiken, he came out and realized I have sinned against God, the Lord of Israel. It's amazing when you know God. You know what sin is. And, and it's kind of funny how when we do know God and we do know what sin is, how we still can get trapped in doing the things that are not for God. You saw what happened to Achan. You see his guilt. His guilt was, it looked good to me. What looks good to you that God has banned? What looks attractive to you that God says is ugly and disgusting? What are you trying to hold on to that God is telling you to get rid of? When you see this, you see this. Achan thought everything was okay because he hid it. He had it hidden within the tent. I want you to grab this. Think about this because this whole family had to come out because probably the family knew about it. How could the family know about it? Well, look here. They did not live in a house with a basement. They live in a portable tent. It means you got to tear down and pick up and walk. So probably while they was waiting on daddy to fix the tent, they say, daddy, why are you doing all that digging? What you got down there, daddy? What's that gold stuff? What's that silver stuff? What's all that? Oh, ain't nothing, boy. Ain't nothing. We... So you can see how he thought his family's going to keep his secret, but yet he brought them down too. But yet it's amazing how sin can spread out. The eels in our community can spread out from one house to the next house to the city, to the state. Do you not see that? How, how, how we realize how we have those copycat murderers. They see somebody else doing another state, they bring it to their state and do the same thing. How people will, will try to come together and band together in one area over one sin issue and come together in your city. It's, it's amazing how the enemy has everybody think you're unique, you're special by yourself. And they start grazing up in numbers and then we as Christians, we need to stand up. Joshua turned to God in the calamity. Have you turned to God when you face your ills? See, he turned to God and realized, God, I believe in your covenant. I believe that you're faithful. God, I believe that you're going to bring us through. What is going on here? God point out, it's not me. I am not the problem. It is you. What's your problem? What's your sin issue that you're dealing with? Need to address your sin. Achan thought it was unaddressed. Achan thought it was okay, but yet what is hidden God can reveal. In Joshua 6, chapter 17, verse, it says, The city shall be under the ban, and all that is in it belongs to the Lord. Only Rahab, the harlot, and all who are with her in the house shall live, because she hid the messengers whom, whom we sent. But as for you, only keep yourselves from the things under the ban, so that you do not covet them, and take some of the things under the ban, and make the camp of Israel a curse, and bring trouble on it. God told him, if you take of these things, you're going to bring a curse unto Israel. Achan knew this, but he did it anyway. Sounds like us. 
We know what we're doing is wrong. But it looks so good. It can't be wrong. And we go ahead and do it and everything seems all right for a little while. But at the end, opportune time, while you're sitting back chilling and relaxing, thinking everything's going to be all right, how God can show up and expose you for who you are. We are not saved by the good things we have done. We are not saved because of the good things we can do. But we are saved but by the grace of God. Do you see the grace of God here? God said, I will accurse all of Israel for one sin. And I'm going to stay against you as long as this sin is all up in you. But only if you remove this sin, then I'll be with you and you will have victory. Y'all see that in the text? I was spending some time with my pastor friend. He was telling me about the story about Dr. Doolittle. Y'all familiar with the story of Dr. Doolittle? Dr. Doolittle was able to talk to animals, and people thought he was crazy. They said, this man is not going to make it. This, this, this doctor crazy talking to these animals. But yet, there happened to be a bird that had something stuck in him. And, and nobody else knew how to take care of it, but he was able to hear the bird and knew what the problem was. So he was able to remove it out of the bird. And the bird was healed, able to fly the wings. And then the bird went on to go and tell all the animals. And he talked about a monkey that had a, a drinking problem. Talked about these pigeons that had marital problems. Went to go in and talk about anybody there but that has some problem. But I'm not here to talk about these animals. But I'm here to let you know that just like me, I was like that bird. I had something stuck up in me that I could not get out. But I went to the doctor. And the doctor's name is Jesus. And Jesus uh, was able to remove the sin out of my life uh, and to make me whole. Uh, but that's not how the, I ended in my life. I went on to go tell somebody else uh, about what Jesus did for me. Uh, you can do the same thing. There might be somebody here with some marital problem. It might be here with somebody with some drinking problem. It might be somebody else just like me that got something stuck up in you and you just can't make it on your own. But you can just turn. To the one who calls you out of a dark enslaved place uh, and told you I got a place uh, better for you over in glory. You see, all God has taken J uh, the Joshua and his generation from a place of bondage uh, to a place of glory. Taking them from a place of being enslaved and under somebody else's will to being free and under the grace of God. Do you see that right there in the text? They will no longer be begging or looking. They will always be rich and never having to borrow from somebody else because God will be their supplier. God is their warrior. God is their all and all. Do you see that? That God is letting them know as long as you're committed to me and you remove the sin that is hindering you, you will have victory. So don't get caught up 
or what the world would tell you is going to bring you victory. But see what the word tells you. What will bring you victory? Each and every one of us have all sinned and fall short of the glory of God. But I'm so glad that Jesus came so you don't have to be like Achan. Because when Achan came, he saw nothing but death and punishment. But I'm glad that I have a lawyer on my side. That when I come before the great judge of God, Jesus can be speaking on your behalf. Does Jesus know your name? How does he know your name? He has your name written in the Lamb book of life. And all who call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. So remove the sin that's hindering you in your life. Confess unto God. Say, Lord, I have sinned against you. Expose your sin. He can point out, here's where my sin is. God wants to know specifically what you've done wrong. Tell him, Lord, I've done this. I've done that. This is my sin. And then remove it from your tent and give it back to God. Say, Lord, remove this from me. And now I will walk in your blessing. I will walk in your covenant. I will walk in your grace. I will walk in your mercy. I will walk in your peace and have joy, unspeakable joy, joy that Jesus gives. Will you remove the sin from your camp? Will you address the ills that are affecting you? And then you will find wholeness. When you allow God to be your all in all. Let God be your all in all. Let God be your all in all. Tell your neighbor, let God be your all in all. Tell your other neighbor, let God be your all in all. Go ahead, look across the aisle, look across somebody far away, let them go and point out to them, let God be your all in all. Amen, amen, amen. Let's pray. Father, we come to you right now, God. Thank you that you are our all in all. And Father, no longer are we going to be listening to the lies of the enemy, telling us what looks attractive and what looks good. But Father, we want to remove what you will have to be removed from our lives. And Lord, we want to hold on to what you have promised us in our lives. Father, break our hearts with what breaks your hearts. Strengthen us, Almighty Father, to love what you love. That we will walk in obedience to you, God. For your words are the just walk by faith. So, Father, let us walk by faith and not by sight. And giving you glory and give you honor in our lives. So, Father, we pray as we go back to our house, go back to our workplace, go back to our neighborhood, go back to our condos, our dorm, wherever we may rest, Almighty Father, that we will remove whatever we need to remove outside of our house that is distracting us from following you. But we now devote our lives back to you. And, Lord, let this not be just today, but every day of our lives, God. We are, ch- we are challenged and charged to live in obedience to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.